Got two hats today. That was awesome. I've always watched it. I've never, I've never been a part of it. That's amazing. I've always blessed them, and now, I'm, you know, as a dad, it's huge honor. So thanks. Uh, I'm very honored to have my dad be able to do that for us, our founding pastor. Thank you, Dad, for stepping in and uh, blessing us. Um, also want to thank all of our family that came to honor us and to be there for us. Thank you so much, and congratulations to Adrian and, and Justin as well. Um, so yes, God is good. Today is a great day uh, for multiple reasons. I got to dedicate my little baby to the Lord, um, but we also have uh, three great New Year's Eve services. The first one is this one, so thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for coming to church. Um, and also, we got baptisms today as well. So, uh, just so you know, it's 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 open to anyone who wants to be baptized. We have some someone some people who actually made plans to be baptized, but we have a lot of people who didn't have plans. But because of the service or because of the message, you're inspired to take this step of faith and obedience to God. So, if you would like to be baptized, we are offering that to anyone who wants to today. We've got shirts, we've got shorts, we've got towels, we've got everything we think you need to be baptized. So if you would like to go into the new year, a new person, uh, leaving the old man behind and, and stepping into who God has you to be in Christ for 2024, please join us at one o'clock and we would love to baptize you and pray for you and celebrate with you. Um, before we get into the message I would like for us to say this declaration together. I always like for us to prepare ourselves before we get into the word. So we do that at Nashville Life by, by saying these words. So repeat these, after me. repeat these words after me. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so what I did was for today, I was trying to think of what to speak on. I got the idea to go to January 1st of this year, the beginning of this year. Uh, New Year's Day was on a Sunday this year. Uh, so January, I looked at the first uh, message that uh, I taught on, and it was sort of a soft theme Maybe a little bit of a prophetic word. It was just a. It was just something I was. I felt compelled to tell our church going into the new year, and I would love to kind of treat today like a bookend and reiterate some of those themes and uh, kind of take it a little bit further as we go into 2024. If that's all right, my first scripture is Matthew chapter 11. I read this. This is my scripture January of this year. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. In 26, it says, at that, at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. So I read this January of this year, and the point was to turn our attention to what I'll call the simplicity of Christ. 
the simplicity of Christ. And the reason why I feel it's need, needful to point our attention to the simplicity of Christ is because in history, it hasn't gone well for people when they choose to trade the simple biblical truths, the simple promises, the simple commands of God for what they personally deem as a higher, more lofty, more uh, sophisticated, more advanced way of thinking and seeing things. Um, before I go further, I do want to clarify, in case it needs to be clarified, that God is uh, not intimidated by your intelligence. In fact, he is the creator of your intelligence. He is not intimidated by science, biology, chemistry, all of nature, everything that, that we study, he is behind. He is the, or I should say, he is the creator of. He is the founder of all thinking, of all intellect, of all uh, intelligence. So we don't have to fear that God wants us dumb or that God wants us uh, to be fools. Where we go wrong as people oftentimes is when we believe that in order to advance in thought, in order to advance in creativity, we have to some way or somehow part ways or go against the simple truths of God's word. And that's where people go wrong. This is a trend, and it's something that when God sees it happen, he responds in a way that you probably wouldn't expect. Scripture shows that whenever people part ways with him in efforts to achieve something that they feel is, is greater, uh, more advanced, uh, more, more uh, developed in thought, whenever God sees this, it stirs them up in, a, in a, what I find a kind of humorous way. He makes it his pleasure. And when I say pleasure, I mean pleasure. I actually think he gets tickled by it. He loves to unleash his glory, his favor, his revelation, his power, his miracles, his wisdom on the people who have sold themselves out for the simple, fundamental truths of his word. And these people who give themselves to the simplicity of Christ are often deemed by the world as foolish, um, narrow-minded, uh, unsophisticated, inferior, and limited. And God goes, well, if you call my ways foolish, then I'm going to take the foolish things and I'm going to use the foolish to part the Red Sea. I'm going to use the foolish to raise the dead. I'm going to use the foolish to actually show my glory. And the Bible says that he takes pleasure in using what the world considers the foolish, simple, inferior ways to confound those who think that they are wise, 
who think that they are smart, who thinks that they have uh, advanced in, 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 their, in their thinking, in their living. And there is a, a, a scripture that I wanted to bring up before I get into my story. The story today is a story that I love very much, but there's one scripture I want to share, uh, and that is 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Paul says, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The word that Paul uses, corruption, he's referring to a story that really describes what I said. God created Adam and Eve to be like him. And he gave them simple instructions. Eat all of the fruit of the trees you want except the fruit of one tree. Very simple instructions. But it was the serpent that introduced this idea of disobeying God in efforts to be like God. And even Adam, they, they fell for it. God, he says, if you want to be like God, disobey him, and that will somehow grant you a higher level of wisdom, a higher level of power, a higher level of prestige. And I see this theme reoccurring even in our modern day where people are still being corrupted and deceived that I need to disobey the simple truths of God in efforts to achieve all that God wants me to be. Like, it's, it's confusing. We actually set off to do great things, and we, we, are, we, allow, we allow the enemy to deceive us that for some reason we must part ways with the simple fundamentals that God told us from the beginning. So as, as a pastor today... I'm, I'm trusting that you guys are here because you want God. You want to elevate in God's love and his power and, his, and, his, and the knowledge of God and the power of God and the will of God. And I just want to reiterate what I, what I spoke the very first Sunday of this year, and that is to not overlook the simple things. When you're looking for God, pay attention to the things that the world tells you to forget. Or that the world tells you doesn't matter anymore. The world tells you is, is something that is, is foolish or lowly or beneath you. Watch out for the things that you feel are beneath you. I have a feeling that that's going to be the places where God's power is shown the most. And there's a story that truly embodies this message. And I'm really excited because it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it's in 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings Chapter 5, verse 1, and I'll read from the top. It says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, the king, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria he was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. Very interesting main character. Naaman is the main character of this story. And on one hand, he is a celebrity. He is a national treasure. 
He is a war hero. He's fresh off of an incredible victory leading Syria to defeat the kingdom of Israel. And he's, he's hot. You know, he's, he's, he's prestigious. He's respected. He's high society, wealthy. On one hand, he's all these high and mighty things that, that grants him praise and respect from his community, even from his king. And on the other hand, he has leprosy, which is really the disease of the outcast. It's a flesh-eating disease that is, was incurable, and it caused people to really want to have distance from you. So it's a really interesting place that Naaman's in because he's famous and he's revered, but he also has a condition that causes people to to want distance from him. It's a very embarrassing condition. It's a very, uh, it was considered uh, unsanitary and, and gross. So you have to understand Naaman's in a, a really conflicted place here because he has honor, but he's also highly embarrassed. And he, he has this condition and he has, a, his wife has a servant girl who was one of the captives of Israel who they had just defeated. So they have, uh, uh, Israel's, Israelite slaves and his wife's servant sees that he has this condition and she wants to help. She wants to help her master. This is what she says in verse 3 and verse 4. Then she said to her mistress, which was the, uh, Naaman's wife, if only my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. So this is our first of two unlikely power dynamics. Because you have this commander-in-chief of the army, this, this high-ranked person in Syria society, and then you have this slave from Israel. And she actually is the one who is able to help him in a way that no one else can help him. So it's just an interesting dynamic. Again, when it comes to God, you can't overlook the lowly things because oftentimes it's the lowly things. It's the things that are usually brushed aside that he's actually trying to reveal himself. So we as people must be open because he might not speak to you in the way that you were expecting. In fact, he usually doesn't. Just to show us that we need him. But I don't want to get off track. When it comes to the servant girl, she has the solution. She says, in my nation, there is this prophet, and he has the power of God. And I'm sure for this man, Naaman, I'm sure he was wealthy. He had all of the medical uh, connections, probably the greatest physicians. At this time, you can already assume that he had gone to everybody, and there was nothing that can cure this leprosy. And here comes the slave saying, I know a prophet in my land, and if only he could get to him the power of God would heal Naaman. So Naaman goes to the king of Syria and says, can you write a letter to the king of Israel and see if you can make a connection so I can meet this prophet and hopefully try to get healed of this disease that I have. And, and the king of Syria wrote a letter to the king of Israel and said, hey, 
the commander of my army who just defeated you all in battle needs your help. Can, he, can I bring him and connect him to the prophet that y'all have so that he can get his healing? So the king of Israel read this and was greatly distraught. He's still mourning the defeat that they just experienced in battle. And it was almost like salt in the wound when you're already down. And then just to add to the sorrow, to add to the audacity, he goes, you're going to call and ask me to lend you our prophet to heal the leader of the army that just defeated us in battle? So he was distraught, y'all. He, he kind of pitched a fit. He, he tore his clothes and was yelling. He was a little dramatic, but he was, he was really upset. And, and this is what happened in verse 8, in verse 8 of 2 Kings 5. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, this is the prophet that the servant was talking about. Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me. Let the man come to me and, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Verse 9, then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan, which was a river, seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. This incurable disease, he gets instructions on how to receive the healing that he has not been able to find anywhere. Naaman has enough faith to get his horse and chariots and travel to Israel to, to meet the prophet. Elisha, the prophet, gives him instructions via his messenger to be healed of this incurable disease. The reason why this isn't the end of a beautiful story is the reason why I'm sharing it with you today. Instead of being full of joy, full of gratitude, full of cooperation that his prayers were finally answered, the Bible says that Naaman, not only was he not full of joy, not only was he not thankful, not only was he not co uh, cooperative, but the ver verse 11 says, Naaman became furious. Not annoyed, not disappointed, not even mad. Furious. And went away from the prophet and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. 
Y'all, rage is, is a next, he was, he was furious. Was Naaman furious because God didn't hear his request to be healed? Was Naaman furious because God refused to help him? Was Naaman furious because God didn't provide what he needed to get what he wanted? No, because that would have been too simple. It's too simple to be mad because God said no. It's too simple to be mad that, that God, uh, to be mad that God didn't answer your prayer. It's, I, I, my phrase was going to be, it's, it's not that simple, it's complicated. But as I start thinking about it, it's not complicated. It's what the Bible says is corruption. A lot of us like to deem ourselves as being complicated when really the languages were corrupted. It's corruption that makes simple things complicated. It's corruption that makes pure things contaminated. Naaman wasn't complicated. Naaman was corrupted. He was corrupted with pride, with arrogance. He was corrupted with doubt. He was corrupted with rejection. He was corrupted with rebellion. And he was corrupted with ungratefulness. Y'all, Naaman was so corrupted, he was furious at an answered prayer. Naaman was furious at an answered prayer. Imagine having your prayers answered, but rejecting it because it wasn't delivered the way that you imagined that it would be delivered. Imagine being furious at an answered prayer because it didn't look like the way that you saw it in your head before it happened. Imagine being furious at the gift of God that you asked for because it wasn't wrapped the way that you wanted it to be wrapped. This is what Naaman did initially. And I believe this story is in the Bible so that we don't make the same mistake anymore. Because something tells me this hits home for some of you. Maybe all of us, if we're honest. So we're not preaching condemnation here, but we have the story so that we don't make the mistake anymore. Thank God for his servant. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 13. And his servants came near and spoke to him, talking to Naaman, and said, My father... If the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? I want to quickly point out this is the second time where a subordinate, a lowly servant, actually was the, the voice of the Lord and the voice of reason. Don't overlook the lowly people in your lives. Don't overlook the things that the world tells you to forsake. Don't overlook the people that you deem as uneducated, ignorant, unsophisticated, because they could very well be the people that God is using 
to speak God's truth into your life. The servant in so many words said, this is not too hard for you, Naaman. He said, if the man had told you to do something great, you could have done it. You are the leader of the Syrian army. You've done incredible, difficult things. If he had told you to do something great, you could have done it. And all he's asking you to do is take a bath in the river. Surely you can do it. Why is it that we as people are more willing to do the difficult, valiant things than the things that are simple? Why is it that we have our eyes on the mountaintops and we can't do the basics? Why are we more willing to make lavish, pious sacrifices than we are to obey the simple ABC instructions of God? The answer is the same corruption that Naaman had. Pride. Pride is being concerned about what other people will think. If I give him my whole heart, if I obey him, if I do the things that he's telling me to do, what are people going to think? That's pride. Arrogance, being concerned that the experience will make you feel less than what you believe you are or what you want people to think that you are. That's arrogance. Doubt, just not thinking that it will work. Rebellion, not wanting to do it just because someone told you to do it. You know who you are. I was going to do it, but then you told me to do it. Now I don't want to do it anymore. That's rebellion. It's not that you don't like, it's not that you don't want to do it. You don't want someone to tell you to do it. That's in a lot of us, if you're honest. Ungratefulness. I believe ungratefulness is total blindness. Being blind to the new and good things that are happening. When you're ungrateful, you are blind to the new and good things that are happening in your life and for your life. Naaman had all these things. And I believe many of us have all these things. Verse 13, the end of the story. So he went down, Naaman, after the servant's advice, he went down, dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. His skin was better than it was before he got leprosy. This is a grown man coming out with pure childlike skin. And he was clean. Guys, God loves you. He is the answer to your prayer. Not only is he the answer to your prayer, but the Bible says he does even more than what you prayed for. The Bible says he does exceedingly, abundantly more than what you could ever imagine. You guys, the, the, the impossible things that you, the thing, things that you consider impossible, God can do that and so much more. Please don't let the blessings of God be forfeited because you don't like the instructions of how to obtain it. 
Don't let the simple instructions that God has for you cause you to turn your back on all that he has for you. Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate, for the narrow gate leads to life. The way we should read that scripture is that we are being offered life. We are being offered abundant life, more life than we need, life of peace and joy and love and, and laughter and holiness and peace with God and, and, and reconciliation and strength and power. That's the life that God has for you. But the way that he, the way you receive it, the, the seven times, the, the lake, the dipping of the lake, dipping in the lake seven times that, Na, that uh, Naaman was asked to do, that for receiving abundant life is by entering the narrow gate. Don't be so turned off by the narrow gate that you miss out on the abundant life that God is trying to give you. This is the life that you're praying for every day. I, he knows your heart's cry. You guys want a good life. There's no one in this place that doesn't want a good life. And God says, I have it for you. Enter by the narrow gate and you will get it. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. He's offering you a relationship with your Father. He's offering you a warm and, and powerful embrace from your heavenly Father. And he says the way you get that embrace is by coming through me. There's billions of people who let the conditions of that offer cause them to miss out. I want a relationship with Father, but I just really resent that it has to come through that one man, Jesus. I just don't understand. This world is so much big, so big. There's so many religions out there. How can you tell me that only one way is, and, and they want the Father, they want God, but they just can't digest. They just refuse. They're furious with the fact that it comes through one man named Jesus. Please don't find yourself in that number. Let's not be Naamans that, that miss out on the miracle that you actually want. Because you get tripped up on the steps that it takes to receive it. The simple steps. Y'all, they're simple steps. He says, ask whatever you wish. This is the one that just still, almost makes me still uncomfortable. Ask whatever you wish, Jesus says, and I will do it for you. He's, giving, he's offering every single person in this room a blank check. And he says, fill in whatever you want in that check and it's yours. But the step to receive it, he says, remain in me. Basically, talk to me every day. Stay with me. Include me. Every day, don't take any breaks. Even on your vacations, remain in me. Even on your sick days, remain in me. And if you remain in me, he says, you can ask whatever you want and it shall be done for you. Don't be furious by this blessing because the Lord is saying, I'll give it to you if you remain in me. Well, that just sounds transactional. I don't like Awesome. I say awesome sarcastically. It's not awesome. It's sad. It's pathetic. It's unnecessary.
as we go into the new year, I'll say it again. Don't overlook the simple, lowly, maybe even elementary, the things that the educated part of you might feel as little unsophisticated. Maybe it's a little basic. But I promise you, God has made it his mission to make sure that the basic, the foolish, the un whatever you want to call living for God is, he makes it his point to make sure that everyone who remains and lives in the simple instructions reap eternal life now and forevermore. Please receive the blessing of God today. Please do whatever that seven times in the Jordan is for you. The Lord's going to show all of you what is your dip seven times. That instruction that you just don't think is necessary. That you just disagree with. Guys, submission isn't submission until you disagree. Y'all know that, right? Submission isn't submission until you disagree. Otherwise, you were going to do that anyway. God says, go right. Cool, I was going to go right anyway. This is great. I love obeying God. God says, go down the steps. That's so crazy. I was going to go down the steps already before you said it, God. Man, following Jesus is great. What happens when he says, go out the window, and you want it to go in your bedroom? But God, I was thinking more of the bedroom. Go out the window. Submission doesn't start until that moment. Submission is not submission until you disagree. Trust me. The Lord is digging deep in your hearts. He wants 2024 to be different. He, he doesn't want 2024 to be a repeat of 2021 and 2022 and 2023. He doesn't want us to loop around the same mountain that we've been looping around for 10, 15 years. And I think, honestly, the key to your breakthrough is that seven times dipping in the Jordan River. There's a specific thing that we have been stubborn about, whether it's fasting, whether it's forgiving that parent, whether it's apologizing to that. I mean, I'm telling you, I bet you, one thing I can guarantee you, you can call it prophetic, I can guarantee you that the very thing, that the hurdle that you can't get past is something that a three-year-old could do. It's not hard. It's not complicated. I should say that. It's not complicated. I guarantee you it's as simple as taking a bath. It's as simple as, it's, it's, it's the, that's what, y'all got to do a scan. Do a scan of your life. I promise you it's something so obvious, something so simple that you've been overlooking. That will be the key to the breakthrough and the miracle that you've been praying for. Amen? Happy New Year. Let's pray. 
Uh, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you, Lord, for the miracles that you are, are, are offering to your people. God, you're so gracious. You're so good, God. I pray, Lord, that we would appreciate what you're offering enough, Lord, to, to dip seven times in the Jordan. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would appreciate what you're offering and, and be grateful enough to do that simple thing that seemed a little random and seems a little bit unnecessary. God, let us not skip anything that you've told us to do. Lord, and I just thank you in advance for the miracles that are going to happen for the people in this room and those watching online. Lord, I think even now, even before the end of the day, before the end of the day, you're going to speak and remind some people of some simple things that they've overlooked. For some people, it might be something as cleaning their closet. Like, like it's basic things. Something simple that's going to unleash the greatest miracles. Lord, you're saying to us, it's the simple things. It's in the simple things, God. So help us see that. Help us follow through. Thank you for the word. Thank you for name and story that we get to learn from, God. Help us never forget this story and to share with our friends. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I'm going to ask us all to stand. I'm going to ask for the prayer team to get in position. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I want to give everyone a chance to enter the kingdom of heaven through that, through that one name, Jesus. That one person, Jesus. That, that narrow gate. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Bible says he will welcome you into his family through his son, Jesus Christ. So repeat these words after me and, and we'll dismiss. Uh, say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day, forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person in Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's all say amen together. Let's praise God like the King of Kings that he is. Clap your hands. Offer something. Hallelujah. There we go. If you said yes to the Lord Jesus, congratulations. We're dismissing, but we have a prayer team that's here. These people love God, and they love you, and they have come this morning to pray for whoever needs prayer. So don't think you're inconveniencing them. If you need prayer for anything on the way out, please, you can see any of them. They would love to pray for whatever it is you need prayer for. Uh, if you want to get more connected to the church, you can text the word BELONG to 77411 right on your phone. It's a great, easy way to connect with us. We can let you know things about the church. Uh, you can be informed about what we're doing, who we are. Uh, we've got baptisms at 1 o'clock. Guys, some of y'all, that might be the dip that you need to do. It might be the baptism dip 
that, that God is calling you to do. So if you want to do that, we've got everything you need. Uh, please let, uh, come back and, and be a part of that with us. Otherwise, y'all have a great New Year's Eve, a safe one. And uh, I praise God for a great 2024 for all of us. I'll see y'all next year, uh, which is next week. So uh, let's pray. God, I thank you. I pray a blessing, Lord, over everyone who's here. And uh, thank you again for this word. In Jesus' name, amen. I forgot one thing. If you want to give, you can give online. Or our finance team is in the lobby. We also have a box at the back if you want to exit that way. Have a great rest of y'all's day. Happy New Year.